0: There's something about what a father has to say. We know that in the Old Testament, it was the father's job to speak the blessing and name the child. um, Because there's something something in the father's mouth that a child feels like unlocks their destiny. And again, God can use that. Now, we also know that God will raise up people, he'll raise up mothers, and he himself will step in when fathers lack in that area. But it's God's desire that a father would unlock through his mouth and speak that life into his kid. Welcome to the True North Collective podcast. True North metaphorically means your true center. If you follow Christ, then your True North is the direction that leads you to the heart of God. This podcast is about navigating through youth ministry, young adults ministry, culture, parenting, dating, marriage, and all that life has to offer. Navigating through those topics in the direction that lands at the heart of God. And now for your host of True North.
1: What's up, everybody? Thank you for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. My name is Lindsey Melton Jr., and you are listening to the True North Collective podcast. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, part one, in our three-part series called Fatherhood, you need to listen to it. Promise you, it is really good, and it's not just uh, for dads. Um, even though you know you hear fatherhood. And you think, okay, this episode or these three episodes are just for men, just for dads. But really, it's for everybody because you got to think, number one, uh, it's for the women. Um, single, let, let's just break that down for a minute. Single women, listen, this is what you want to find in a husband. You know, if you are looking if you are looking for a husband or if you've already got a boyfriend or a fiancé, uh, you need to make sure that um, he is pursuing these qualities because um, if he's not, you don't want him don't want them. Two, uh, wives, uh, you need to listen to this because, um, this, uh, yes, uh, there is no doubt, no shadow of a doubt in my mind that women and wives, um, go through things, but also, uh, men as fathers, we do as well. And this gives you some insight on how to pray for us, not making any excuses, not making any excuses, but this gives you insight on how to pray for us. Um, you know. Uh, Men listen to this, if you are a father, um it's an outlet to hear, okay, yeah, this they go through this too, or other people go through other dads go through this too um men that aren't fathers, you know, this gives you something to look forward to, um the reality to face, also what to pray for when it comes to fatherhood or some of your friends that are fathers um so definitely it's it's something for everybody, and even kids, if you're listening to this, um you need to cut your dad some slack, all right, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> So in the last episode is with uh, one of my best friends, Kelly Cole, dropped some mind blowing stuff. Um, Today, we're uh, going to listen to a conversation I had with a really good uh, friend of mine. His name is Derek Hudson. Derek is the young adult life leader um, at Calvary church in Johnson city. Um, super phenomenal church, super phenomenal ministry. Um, Derek and his wife, Amanda, they're doing great things. Uh, in fact, Derek and Amanda, they just had their third child not too long ago. Um, he's a father, Derek's a father of three. Um, just, just super humble guy, super, uh, super fun to be around. I love, uh, I love talking to him. Um, I don't get to talk to him enough just because uh, my schedule is super busy. Um, but there it's an awesome guy. Uh, so I called him up and said, hey man, um, let's talk about fatherhood. I definitely got some questions and I believe the answers that you have, man, what's stored inside of you is something that the world needs to hear. Uh, so definitely uh, if you are a note taker, take notes. Um, so let's listen in.
2: So definitely uh, I want to talk about fatherhood, especially where Father's Day is coming up. Uh, so like you, uh, it's for, there's several reasons I've always admired you when it came to fatherhood. Um, one, because we're really close in age, um, if not the same age. Two, uh, because you are African American, and the stigma that we have when it comes to fatherhood. I've uh, ever since I've known you, and, and when you became a father, um, just me watching on the outskirts. Uh, you know, I've always been like, if anybody has defied. Um, the stigma and the um, stereotypes of fatherhood as African American male—it's—it's it's been you, and it continues to be you. So that's one reason I've always modeled you when it comes to that. So I, I've never said that publicly um, because real G's move in silence. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So, that's very kind of you, man. Yeah, man. So definitely want you to know that I've always admired you, and continue to. Um, so that's why I'm asked You know, I want to bring you on the, uh, this particular episode and um, and talk about that. Um when it comes to uh even though fatherhood is such a um a broad topic, um I have a couple mm-hmm. questions for you. Um so I guess I'm trying to think which question to start with first, but um when it comes to uh fatherhood, um what what are some things, you know, about you personally when it comes to your dad, what are some things that you're like, these are things that I saw my dad do. That I'm that I'm definitely uh, trying to emulate, so to speak. Uh, what are some mm-hmm. things on, on, on those lines?
0: Um, I think as a kid, uh, the things that stand out in my mind is that, uh, like a lot of kids, the dad was kind of a hero. He could do everything. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember my dad just, you know, simple stuff like being able to hook up the hook up the Sega, and he was also one of the ones that – the cheer the loudest at some of my uh, games that he was able to make it to as a kid. Um, yeah. And then he wasn't able to make it to some because of work. And so um, the Lord, I think gave me the grace as a kid to know that, you know, my dad loved me enough that when he wasn't there, it wasn't because he was absent um, in heart, you know, he was absent because he was trying to take care of the family type thing. So uh, I think probably for me personally, the biggest thing for my dad is work ethic. My dad was a, uh, still uh, wow. this day, people kind of joke around. He's, He's always had three jobs and I'll be honest, I, I don't think I, I don't I've not measured up in that regard yet. My work ethic isn't nearly what it needs to be and uh but that's not to try to put myself down too much. I'm I'm definitely striving. I think I'll get better, but I'm twenty eight and I still don't have the work ethic of my father. So yeah. um that's that's probably the number one thing. He's always worked hard. He's he's done a lot with little rest and uh uh-huh. has always maintained a smile on his face and so that's something that I definitely wanna emulate that no matter how tired I am, I can still be kind and have joy, you know what I'm saying that's, yeah. uh, that's what i that's probably the number one thing I got for my father that I want to emulate um,
2: when
0: you uh when your first child was born
2: um what mm-hmm. like uh what I guess what made it really sink in, or what was that surreal
0: moment like okay, I'm a dad like what was that moment for you um, this was gonna be funny, but it was probably <laughs> when I was reading john three sixteen uh-huh. And he was only a cup- he was only a month or two old, and I remember reading John three sixteen and being this is gonna sound crazy being a little bit frustrated with that scripture uh-huh. um, it was kind of like it was almost like the Abraham moment, and it wasn't Jesus didn't ask me to do anything, but oh, yeah, it yeah. became real in that moment because for God so loved the world that he gave his son, and in that moment I was like not frustrated at God not fr- I was frustrated at myself I was frustrated at humanity I was frustrated with sin because I realized yo I've got a son this is my this oh, is I my person this is my love and I'm like this now I understand like you know it was one of those verses we always just kind of quoted it was the thing yeah. that even people who don't go to church know but uh-huh. at that moment it became real like Oh, I see. It would have been much. It's much easier for me to give myself
2: than to yeah. give my son. Mm, like, that's good.
0: as the Bible says, there's some people who, you know, would maybe lay their lives down for a few good people, um, but not for wicked. God yeah. gave His son, not Himself. He gave His son for wicked people. And there's just so many layers to that. And that's when I realized, like, yo, this is. I've never felt this way when I read the scripture. And that's when I knew that something had changed inside of me spiritually because I now have a son that I'm supposed to protect over. I'm supposed to guard. I'm supposed to guard his heart. I'm supposed to raise him up, not just physically, but spiritually. And so there was kind of a different weight that hit me that, yo, you know, I've got to take care of this young man's soul. And, uh, um, and that the, the, the thought of sacrificing him for anybody, just, you know, I think it made the Bible more real. It gave me a greater love and appreciation for what the father really did for me. So it, it just strengthened my walk as a believer as well. Um, having a son. Wow. Wow. That, that's, man, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, trust me, I never, the Holy Ghost TV hit me with that deep stuff when I ain't ready. <laughs> oh, no, you good.
2: I mean, that, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um. I mean, yeah. Cause there's been times where i thought like, Oh man, I, to give up killing. And I, right. I'm like, God, I, so don't ask me, don't ask me, Jesus Right. don't do it. Right. So I, I, def, I definitely get it. Um, I guess, let's see here. Um, <clears throat> what a, 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 As a dad, um, mm-hmm. I know for me, it's, it's, it's a learning process every day. Um, I, I hate to use this word battle. So I guess um, as a father for you, what's, what's, a, what's, what's a saga, so to speak? What's something that you're continuing to have to do daily?
0: you uh, know, mm-hmm. as, as a dad. Um, it's probably the balance. I think that's the, the number one thing. Um, Proverbs 13 and, uh, I believe 24 talks about it says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So you have that mindset, but you also have in Psalm 103, you have, um, I think it's 13. It talks about, it says a father who, um, shows compassion to his children. Um, it's like the Lord who also shows compassion to those who fear him. So you have that balance of discipline and compassion, discipline yeah. and compassion. And so it's, it's just a, it's a really fine line, and you're constantly looking for that balance of when is it my time to give grace and compassion to my son when he, or my daughter when they're messing up? Or when is it time to discipline them and help them learn? And so every day there's so much of both of those taking place. I think that is probably, that's probably the daily struggle of, okay, you know, because sometimes it's just easy to wake up and just want to discipline all day long. And then some days it's easy to wake up and just want to let everything go. But I think that just like our heavenly father is with us every day, you know, if we're sensitive to the spirit, he gives us that balance, you know, he's kind to us when we want to beat ourselves up, but anytime we slip, he's challenging us to do better. And so I think it's, to always be diligent about that balance every day, not letting it slip up because it's so easy to just wave the white flag some days. It really is.
2: Yeah, I get it. Um, I heard, I was in the car earlier today and I heard uh, a pastor talk about how um, God always introduced himself as the God of generations. uh, Mm -hmm. So to speak, like in the old Testament, he's, you know, like I'm the God of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, he was always mm-hmm. about generations, and you know that pastor was talking about how we as dads would uh, should be about generations as well, um, at least yeah. you know the our, the generations of our namesake. So just you know, uh, yeah. you know, just think about it for a minute. But like, what um, as a dad, what are at least two things you believe that you know dads should be you know starting now in order to set up generations of their uh, their namesakes, so to speak
0: um yes well number one thing is truth um if you want you know we 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 know the bible talks about raise them up in the way they should go and when they're older they will not depart from it it's something about it's something about the foundation of truth because the reality is people all in the world um who are in church out of church we you see humanity there's why there's thousands and thousands and thousands of books written on why, why we're here? What's our purpose? Um, it's a question that people are always asking and they're always searching for truth. What is truth? This, is, this topic has been discussed for, for, since the beginning of time now. Um, and so I believe if you want to set up um, your kid, your family, really, for a generational mindset, you've got to um, you've challenge your kids. I think one of the things that I see that I'm trying to do and that I've just kind of observed growing up is that sometimes we, we just talk and treat our children at the age that they're at, but we don't challenge them, um, past their age. You know, I yeah. believe um, that their spirit and their soul has no age. I believe that, um, we see in Psalms, I forget which, uh, which chapter, but, um, the Bible talks about God revealing his strength and his character through the mouths of babes. Um, and so I believe that sometimes it's the, the willingness to challenge our kids in truth at a young age. Um, I believe Sir John says that there's no greater joy than um, to hear that our children are walking in the truth. Um, and so that's really how you, I believe, start to set up your kids and generations. When I see it, like I've seen it, I've been blessed to be at the same church, same local church for my entire life, 28 years. And I look at the Hilton family. I look at, um, I re- I know how it impacted me. When I saw him, I was 11 years old and we were building the new building. And he, he dug a hole. He dug the first hole for the new building. And he put a Bible under it. And that's where the altar was going to be. And um, I was 11 year old and a lot of his grandkids weren't even born yet. But to me, that signified something that stuck with me since I've been born. and It was no matter uh, since I was little, that no matter what mistakes or whatever he may make, he was always going to go back to the truth of God's word. And so I've seen generations come up after him, his children, his his son, now the pastor of the church, his grand, um, now his grandchildren leading worship and doing things in their ministry. And so um, I've seen somebody, I've seen it, you know, done. And it it all starts with instilling that truth in your kid. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, man. That's very powerful.
2: Um, Why do you think, and I was, I was thinking about this and I guess, um, uh, do a couple more questions then, then we got to wrap up. But um, why did, why do you think that the, uh, I guess, I know I'm, I'm 29 years old and like, even mm-hmm. to this day, still, I uh, there's some things I'm like, man, I wonder what my dad would say about that. And he's alive, you know, nothing, nothing bad or anything like that. But, you know, just, mm-hmm. I live, I live about six and a half hours away from my, my parents. And there's some things I do where I'm like, man, I wonder what my dad would say about that. Why do you think, why do you think, um for some reason even when we get older still we we seek the approval of a father why do you think the approval of a father is so important
0: mm i think it's identity man it's it's funny because god is so intricate in everything that he does in creation but you but even this genetics uh yeah. dna its identity it starts with the father identity starts with dad and so that carries on from just a simple scientific thing and and it goes into deeper than that and goes into your soul there's something about what a father has to say we know that in the old testament it was the father's job to speak the blessing and name the child um because there's something about there's something in the father's mouth that a child feels like unlocks their destiny and again yeah. god can use that now we also know that god will raise up people he'll raise up mothers and he himself will step in when fathers lack in that area. But it's God's desire that a father would unlock through his mouth and speak that life into his kid. And so a lot of times it's that it's, we were born with that natural desire to please our father. And that in turn is supposed to be symbolic of what we're trying to do with our heavenly father. I believe that God gave us that design for a reason. God sent his son and, we see Jesus on this earth. He's trying to please his father. Uh, you yeah. look at Jesus when he's walking around, that Jesus doesn't do anything. He's trying to please the father. He wouldn't even, he said, don't call me good. Only God is good. You know, it was everything he was doing. He was showing us to honor and respect our fathers. And that starts from the physical point, And then that helps us to see the spiritual even more clear that way. And so it's just something about what our dads is, is what we were designed. We were created with that gap to see God more clearly. So we're created for that longing of our spiritual father. Um, and then as we get older, we realize that that natural craving we have really is a reflection of a deeper craving that we have for a spiritual connection to hear what our heavenly father has to say about us.
2: That's good, man. That's good. Um,
0: last question, last question. Um,
2: I guess, uh, fatherhood, obviously, um, fatherhood and i know at least in america don't know about overseas but unfortunately Mm -hmm. in our country um fathers are um rare at least the good kind um yeah uh i guess like um for anybody that's listening that is a dad man um what would be your what would be your advice in order to counter that in order you know not to be rare but to be uh, memorable upon your child
0: um well i believe in sports, we always know that um, if the other team has the other team's game plan and their keys to success and their ability to win is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, we remember when the Patriots got in trouble years ago with the spy gate because they were recording signals so that they could know the plays that the other team was going to do before they did them. Um, now, that doesn't mean they were guaranteed to stop them, but if you know what's coming, you increase your chances. And I believe yeah. the same thing is supposed to be taking place spiritually with fathers. We have to know that the enemy is, has his—he his, has his bullseye on yeah. us. Um, if the enemy, the enemy has been attacking fatherhood since the beginning of time, but it has obviously been ramped up. You know, in my lifetime, I've seen it in the last 20 years—the yeah. personal attack against fatherhood—and we can see it through media how media has portrayed fathers to be weak. Yeah. Um, we've got most of our sitcoms have got weak dads or they've got fathers um, who are homosexual. They, they, it's, everything about fathers has been to try to diminish the role of dad. And because mm-hmm. if you can do that, you can um, kind of get rid of identity. And wow. now you've got a bunch of kids running around wondering about who they are. And they've got two moms and they're confused. And so dad doesn't want to be there. And what you've got is you create chaos because dad is supposed to be that symbol of order. Um, He's the one that's supposed to be the protector, just like Christ protected and died for the church. The father in the home is supposed to be the protector um, and create that order. And Satan has put his, he's put his hitman out on all of the fathers to create chaos. And what we've seen in America is, um, the intentional attack on fathers you know it's not like sin is greater than it ever has been it's just the access to sin is greater and this is of all generations that since the beginning of time this is the least fathered generation in the history of the world that we're living in and so it's not you know we can we can talk about what type of sin makes it worse but the reality is, is we're the least fathered generation which means we are the most chaotic generation in the history of the world and if you create all that chaos then you have what we have now, which is mass shootings, which is large populations of certain races being locked up and incarcerated because their father isn't there and they're emulating what they've seen, which is a lie from the enemy. And so, so yeah, man, I think the key, going back to your question, is the key would be to be aware that the enemy is trying to attack you. And if you know that, then we can be prepared. We can be prepared for what the enemy's trying to do he's trying to lure us off he's trying to get um kb has a powerful powerful thing in his uh his new album it's got it's called the art of drifting and it's uh it's kind of addressed to that he, talk, he yeah. talks about little stuff about um every great fall comes from you know 100 bad decisions and about dad, what you know was that girl on instagram or facebook uh, you know really worth it to choose her over mommy and now we're having to move out i mean it's like a really Cutthroat type of song, but it puts it all in perspective, knowing that the enemy isn't going to come to you and say, with a big sign that says, leave your family, leave your kids, you know, don't be a good dad. He's going to try to deceive you a little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, And so we just have to know that every decision that we make, filter it through how does God see this affecting my family? And when we view everything from that perspective, we can realize and filter out the effects and the attacks of the enemy. Um, and, you know, good defense will always lead to good offense, you know what I'm saying? That's right, man. That's right.
2: Man, Darren, thanks for taking time out of your uh, vacay to educate us. So, man, I could could talk to you all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a blessing, man. I'm I'm excited for you. You've done a great job as a father, and you're about to be a father times two, man. I'm going to keep you and your wife in my prayers that everything happens healthy. I know it's a Exciting time, and It can be nerve-wracking, you know. So, yeah. I got you all uh, covered in my prayers, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Derek, man, enjoy the rest of your vacay. I shall, man. It was my honor to, to take some time and talk with you, brother.
1: Don't forget, everyone, that this is part two of our three-part series in Fatherhood. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and download that. Um, save part two, which is this episode save it so you can go back and listen to it again and next week when we drop episode three um please check that out um if you like what we're doing make sure you go on itunes in the review slot and go ahead give us those five stars uh go and be led by the lord um thanks so much for listening uh thank you for your support pray for my family you know what we're gonna do we're gonna pray for you as well we're gonna pray for your strength uh physically spiritually mentally so So, uh, share us on all social media outlets and, uh, we will be back next week. I say we, but I mean me, but you know what I mean?
0: Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to True North. We hope you'll join us again next time.